Color or something like that. Episode 73 of Fang in the Bang with Gang Grown. Raymond sitting over there in the dark corner. I don't know why he always places himself in the dark corner, me and all these bright lights, so I can sweat and he stays back there cool, calm, and collected. But here we are getting ready to do episode 73. Uh, what's up, Raymond? Nothing, just hearing about your crazy weekend. Yeah, it was a crazy weekend. I, I know for a fact I don't want to smoke weed. I, I know weed don't agree with me. <laughs> like, why do you say that? Why do I say that? I was in the great state of Michigan, Detroit Motor City. Motor City Madness. I was up there with, G- with GWC, Greatest Wrestling Collectible Steve, his boy Chef Dick, uh, Dave Dave, David David. I don't know. His first name's David. His last name's David. That dude nothing in a while. I can get to that later. And then um, uh, and then there was also Dante from, um, Peter Dante from like Grandma's Boy, Big Daddy, Chuck and Larry, uh, uh, Waterboy. He was the quarterback in Waterboy. Uh, <laughs> that dude. So these guys... <laughs> I had to do virtuals with him. So I was doing a convention. So Friday night, I was supposed to do a virtual. But, of course, my flight, leaving out of Fort Lauderdale, getting into uh, Detroit, was four hours late. So I got there too late to do the virtual. So we moved the virtual to Saturday night. So, But I get there Friday night, and, you know, I go he's, – he's on uh, – you've probably seen him on WWE's Wrestling Treasures. You ever see that show? Yeah, I've seen Well, he's been on there a lot because I'll go into his, his place. He has all he, – he has his house, and he took me to this house. And uh, it's over, it's actually his childhood home where he grew up in. He bought it. And he bought like five other houses on the block because he, he's into buying land and stuff and keeping Detroit, Detroit, and uh, keeping it real. And dude's more of a homie than me, man. And uh, he, uh, every floor, man, from the from the bottom all the way up into the attic, it's just wrestling stuff. Hogan worn shirts, Macho Man worn robes. Every action figure you could think of, uh, all these collectibles. So you know he's he's got it going on, and um, so we go there. We just shoot a little clip. But, but when he first picks me up, I mean, if I showed you the size of these joints they smoke, and they're not joints. They're like cannons. They're like bigger than cigars, and they're not. They're not. <laughs> we I guess marijuana is legal in the state of Michigan. Uh, they're not uh, uh, a cigar, but they're not blunts. They're they're just straight up weed, like this this round. You know, it's crazy. Wait, this so, not wrapped into anything? Well, some special big cannon rolling papers, like like just giant rolling papers. Some shit you see Snoop Dogg smoke or something. I don't know, man. I think they outsmoke Snoop Dogg. I believe they would outsmoke Snoop Dogg. And um, but uh, he picks me up in his truck, so I get hot box between there and the house from the airport to the house. So I'm already feeling funky. And then they're all smoking in the house. It was insane. All these guys. And um, then we we sit in the house and we're talking and we film a few things. They did. Uh, like there's a, if you go online, you look up Chef Dick or something, you'll see he's got these videos. <laughs> yeah, Chef Dick. <laughs> you check him out. He's got these videos where he does these cooking videos and stuff on the road and stuff like that and from home. They're very cool. Very cool videos. It's different, and I think you would enjoy it. It's fun. You can check it out. But um, I don't know. In the process, like I, I'm still got a brain fog. What is today? Like today's Wednesday, Wednesday. right? I got home Monday uh, or well Sunday night, but it was really 3 a.m. Monday. I got home, but um, I think I'm still high because I, I don't smoke marijuana i don't smoke that weed that tweed all the stuff you young young bloods be doing and stuff out there you know i feel like uh ice cube's dad what's his name uh 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 Actually, oh pops oh pops and yeah, uh pops. uh, uh friday. friday man like <laughs> like you your kids on that tweed you know <laughs> yeah, like but they, they they stepped it up they wasn't just rolling little peeners man they were and they had, like i'll show you pictures of it after the podcast you'll be like damn man but um 
Yeah, so I spent all weekend. And, uh, and if anybody knows who I'm talking about, and Peter Dante, if you, you know his character, Dante and Grandma's Boy, that's who he is. That dude is wide open and wild. And uh, he's a fun guy. He had a lot of fun around him. He's super cool. Uh, uh, we hung out a lot, and but, but like it just—I'm still foggy from all that weed, man. I'm trying to get it out of my system. I didn't smoke it; I just was secondhand high, or whatever you want to call it, contact or whatever. Just uh, horrible, horrible, horrible for me. Uh, I had a good time, but I, I just fell off. Like I went to the airport. I was so high, I think, for being hotboxed from the venue to the airport that I made such poor decisions on my flights. So, like, I was watching my flight. It showed a plane. Uh, it was like literally already five hours late from Atlanta and it was saying it was weather and then and the show did it canceled and I quickly went to change my flight uh, and I saw a seat open and I took the seat and everything and then when it came through on my phone and everything I didn't have a seat it had me on standby so I don't know if that was a poor decision of marijuana or the airlines pulled the fast one on me I believe the airlines pulled the fast one on me because Comes to find out, I call the airline anyways. After I call them to come pick me up, I'm already crying them on standby, going, I just want to go home, I just want to go home. You know, I'm having a breakdown, and I'm pretty sure it's because of the weed. <laughs> I think my mind was so foggy on, on the breakdown part. But but the decision part, I think the airlines pulled the fast one, and they um, all of a sudden it said, uh, it, it, I, they, I called the, well, they wouldn't give me a seat, and then I called the airline, and that guy was like, no, your, your, your plane's pulling in the gate soon. I go, what do you mean? They said it was like another two and a half hours in flight. And he goes, no, it was a mechanical thing. So I think originally earlier in the morning, a flight mm -hmm. came in from somewhere, and it broke down, and then they were replacing it with that flight. And then that flight became so late, they fixed this plane in that process, and then it came back. So I had to beg, borrow, and steal to get back on that flight, and uh, I got eventually got on it. It was delayed, but I, I got home three in the morning, and uh, so that was that. I don't even know why I'm rambling on that. I, I see the way I rambled about this still makes me believe that I'm possibly high from the weekend. I really am. But no, I did get to meet one of my childhood, uh, like you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Florida guy. And you would think the Panthers are my 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 team, or Marlins are my. By the way, Marlins are my baseball team. But I got all this New York stuff on. But New York was. I was told I was a New York Yankees fan once I got married to Susan. There was no other choice. But I wasn't a Marlins fan originally. I was I was either a Seattle Mariners or the A's. But uh, New York is playing the A's right now in the series. But uh, uh, what was I getting there? Oh, so but I, so I wasn't a Panthers fan. You know, we didn't have baseball, so there was no Marlins. So you know, the, those are the teams I went. But obviously, I'm a Yankees fan right now. Probably will be till I die because this is my last marriage. Um, but the Red Wings are my team. So I got to meet D Mac, Darren McCarty. Man, he, he's the dude that knocked out uh, Claude Lemieux. Wow, and that. What was it in 97 or 98? It changed things around. Then they won two Stanley Cups. So that was cool. But that's another weed smoking dude Canadian Wait, right hockey? there, too. Huh? It's hockey. That's hockey, man. Detroit Red Wings. So I got to meet him, and that was super, super cool. We signed a picture over to me. The picture of him knocking out Lemieux. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. A couple of pucks. And uh, very cool to talk to. Turns out he wrestles a little bit up really? in Detroit. Does a little bit of hardcore stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe borderline deathmatch. I don't know. Um, didn't go into detail on that, but he's very respectful towards professional wrestling and storylines and characters, and he had a lot of questions. But but I had a lot of questions for him about hockey, and, and uh, man, because, you know, he was like, my dude, I'm the Red Wings guy. I'm still a Red Wings guy. So that was cool and super, super excited. It was a very good weekend, other you know, other than the, the delayed flights and all that chaos in my brain because I don't think I was thinking straight. But, um, yeah, that's what I had going on this weekend. That was my crazy weekend. Uh, feels like there's something else I want to tell you about the weekend, but it'll probably come up when it doesn't matter. But that you did this weekend? Yeah. I don't think you mentioned it. Oh, I but, don't know. 
But I know earlier we were talking about on Dark Side of the Ring. Why are you always going to these Dark Side of the Rings, right, man? It's, it's a good, we we watch it for the bio the bio side. Who of watches it. it for the bio? Side? Wrestling fans, right? Is it wrestling fans or just is it is it average fan just wanting to see bad things about wrestling? No, I just think they just get inside look. I mean, the title I mean, is kind of. I think it's fifty fifty. I think wrestlers secretly watch it. Uh, fans, I think some watch it. Because they're fans, a small percentage, and I think a big percentage just watches it to see all this stuff go, I knew they were horrible people or this and this and that and judgment. I don't know, man. And go either way. But what are you, what are you, where are you going with this? What are you, what are you going? No, I was just um. Wrestling. You know I want a sunnier side of wrestling, right? Or a lighter side or a brighter side. You know? yeah, I mean, you, you kind of do takes of that on the show when you talk nah. about some of, the, some of your peers. Well, go on. Which one are you going to talk about? Oh, the, the, the Junkyard Dog. Oh, Junkyard Dog. What do you know about Junkyard Dog? Not much. Not much. Junkyard Not much dog. versus what you've, you know, what you've uh, told me. What a, um. Junkyard Dog, like, so there's three people that kept me wrestling on my track to be a professional wrestler. One was Rusty Brooks, who obviously he was running to school with Malenko, and I didn't have money, and he told me, hey, keep training. You know, I was going to pull out because I thought it was something else, long story short, whatever. He told me to stay training and always get back to professional wrestling, and that's what I'd done. Now, on that process... Uh, becoming, uh, you know, climbing up to different levels and uh, being a professional wrestler, it's a hard road. You know, you just show up, you know, you do, you're doing what they would call job matches back then or enhancement matches and getting beat up. But there, there was two different people that, uh, that kept me going with, with, with kind words. One was the doctor style Slick. Do you know who Slick is? No. You don't know who Slick is. All right, that's right. You, I, you didn't even look up Slick? You look up Slick? No? All right, so I see a picture, Slick and the other one was Junkyard Dog, you know. Uh, and and the Slick came up to me after a match with Big Boss Man and said, Hey, kid, you really have something. I can see it. You got something going on, man. I think if you stay working hard, you might do something in your life. Junkyard Dog, when he, he came up to me, and I was my mind was blown because, like, this is the Junkyard Dog. The dude was like amazing oh, like he was so over and like bill watts's territory and then um you know and he was over he was over in WWE, wwf at the time too he was like he just didn't get the high like he just didn't get high but he he was over and um i think he might have seen me in, in wwe but this was in uh wcw when he was at the tail end of his career he's in wcw i'd say around 89 89 maybe 88 89 89 was there and uh, he came up and he said Hey, David, man, I had just worked somebody, and he goes, man, you've really gotten better, man. You keep getting better. He says, keep, keep, uh, he had a raspy voice, though, you know. He, he says, keep it up, bro, keep it up, man. You you do something, man. So, like, those are very kind words when, you, when you're feeling about, sometimes you could feel as low as you feel sometimes after going and getting beat up. You could wonder, is this a good thing or not thing? You're not literally getting physically beat up, but doing a job match, you go, uh, you get squashed in, in a minute or three minutes or, or if you're lucky, you could take a five-minute beating that could feel like forever in there. But um, uh, but he whom he that he knew my name and called me by my name threw me off, and that, that he gave me encouraging words saying that, that I was doing better and he could see something in me, and uh, that meant a lot to me coming from the junkyard dog and both slick man, and um, and, and it's, it's so strange that the two of the guys are black that gave me encouraging stuff. They, mm -hmm. I think they could, they knew I was a little hood rat coming up out of Deerfield and Doom City and Third World over there, growing up on the. On the, on the right side of the tracks, baby, where we do some fanging and banging and we have some fun in life and we understand and we appreciate what stuff we get later on down the road. So thinking of that, too, going back to Deerfield, 
back to Deerfield where I grew up. Uh, and I actually I'm going to do a summer rec show where I went to summer rec. But I think they're a little spoiled now. They got a gymnasium and all this. My parents would wheel us up. If not, I'd had to ride my bicycle up there to the to the summer record, they'd drop you off as at Pioneer Park. You'd be outside in that sun all day and then wait for the little food truck or whatever it was that rolled up and gave you a little peanut butter and jelly box lunch. But you sure appreciated that box lunch. But you would just fish all day or play baseball or do not what in the park all day long. But I loved it. It was cool. And then um, that only lasted so long before my parents said, yeah, you're out of here. And shipped me up to Georgia every summer. And that's where I ended up cropping tobacco one year, harvesting watermelon, picking blueberries. Well, you, probably why I don't smoke Raymond's because I had to crop tobacco. I like it. Like, I don't know how old I was. I was 11, Whoa, 10 or 11. Yeah. They, they didn't want us getting mixed up in that hood out there in that street, man, because we'd be running them streets during the school school year. <laughs> they, knew, they were afraid to see what we were going to do in the summertime. They weren't going to leave us alone out there. And summer, you know, that summer recreation thing with little kids we already started, like, not even, you know, we was running that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, all over the place. They, they weren't really being watched, you know. But it's, it's good now. The programs have stepped up, and things are really good. And I love the program, actually. I say we weren't being watched, but we were being watched. We didn't do anything too bad, but my parents just thought we were up to no good. In the neighborhood, we were up to no good. At Summer Rec, <laughs> we were playing baseball, murder ball, some kind of murder some ball. kind of ball. You never played murder ball? Maybe, with a different name. Yeah, you take a cup, right? Take like a Dixie cup, you know, like a little waxy, papery cup that uh-huh. you can fold, you know, a little, and you put sand in it, and you, and you ball it up. <laughs> You Never ball it up and then you just throw it up in the air and then somebody grabs it and they keep running away. You try to tackle them and kill them and get the, that away from them. Then the next one gets it and you're running. The side. So okay. it's, just, it's just murder ball. You just kill the guy with the ball. But you willingly got the ball for people to come after you. It was like, boy, it didn't matter if it was on asphalt or dirt or in the grass. But it was your ass because it was on, man. It was on. It was on like Donkey Kong. Man, those are those fun games. You ever play ass? Ass. No. You ever played ass at the racquetball courts? You take the tennis ball and you throw it back. You got to catch it. The other guy throws it. You catch it. If you, if you drop it, you got to run to the wall and tag the wall and get back. If they hit you with the ball before you get back, that's A. It happens three times, then you got ass. A-S-S. <laughs> then you had to go lean up on the wall while everybody playing the game took a shot at throwing it right at your ass. Like, wow. These <laughs> 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 some hook like games, that. man. <laughs> games I've never heard of. Ah, these are games. These are games. Big oh, hand. That's, that's considered a hood game? What? Cans? Cannons. Cans. Cans. With the basketball. You don't have a hoop. So you, you crush up a soda can and you put it in front of the person and you have one in front of you and you just toss it. And if it hits the can, it's a point. Oh, I'm sure. I guess that'd be considered. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. Definitely. I think I'd get up in the brackets. I never played that. I was a bit more physical. Now it explains a lot about you. Now <laughs> I was a bit, a bit more physical. We were a murder ball, man. <laughs> like, but yeah, but I'm looking forward to going back to Deerfield. Uh, uh, oh my goodness. Oh goodness. I forgot the name of that. Uh, something. Uh, Leo, Leon. Or Leo. Leon. Uh, uh, Dr. Leo J. Doc- Rob Jr. Dr. Leo. J. Rob. J. Rob Jr. Dr. Leo Dr. Leo J. Rob Jr. Gymnasium. So this is a daytime show for the camp kids, and then and then the evening show you can buy tickets to, uh, and that that that's uh, at 7 p.m. that starts in Deerfield. So I'm looking forward to that Friday night, June 30th. Uh, I'm not sure when this will air. Maybe it'll air before that. If it does, I'll see you all there. If not, I'm just telling you, I'm looking forward to being there. So. All right, Raymond. So back to what? Your darker side of the rings. I got sidetracked because, like, you, oh, no, you brought no. up the junkyard dog and it, and it brought me around to oh, no. I mean, to him and Slick, two, two guys that, that motivated me to stay with kind words into professional wrestling. And uh, and, and and those two really, those, those two words, along with Rusty, obviously, with the training and, and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, 
about the work kept me going. It's it's what kept me going. Like at points when you're really questioning, is this worth it? Because I already had a kid, a, a baby growing up. Uh, I mean, my life started quick. I was a dad at 15, you know, so um, I had a lot going on. And uh, so you, you, you're weighing out, man, is this really worth it? Or I need to go get that old IBM job or go over there and be working in that Publix cooler or, you know, settling in for the City of Lighthouse Point or trying to get in the fire academy. All these great jobs I passed up to be a wrestler, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, they kept me going, and, and I'm grateful to them, to them both, you know. And, uh, you know, Junkyard Dog was special, man. He was cool. I loved watching JYD. Um, so, question. So, you know, that was probably at a time when you were training and you were going through your career. When you made it big and you were Gangrel, the Vampire Warrior, did you ever get a chance to speak with him after that? No. No. Never? No, I didn't see him much after that. Not after those uh, late eight, early 90s. So, I ran off. I was I was uh, with Stampede, and then I was on from Stampede to Puerto Rico, 1991, and then I was in Memphis in 93, and I think he, I don't know when he retired, like 97, I don't know when he retired, 97, late, but he started doing indies, you didn't, you didn't see him much, I didn't run across him then, but a Slick I've run across, I said hello to, and so, yeah, Slick, Slick's a cool dude, all right, what else you got? All right, since I'm, I'm looking for you to lead this show, man. You uh, know I, that I do not 6P at proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I got it here for you. So All since right. we're on the topic of Dark Side of the Ring, this is just to bring up, you know, certain people. So um, the Graham family, they were really big here in Florida. Of course they were, yeah. Still, they still are. Their name is, yeah. Their name? Yeah. Well, I mean, they so, did the great things. Championship wrestling from Florida and all that other stuff. So what was your first, um, your first experience with that family growing up? Well, I didn't know Eddie Graham. Uh, I knew Mike Graham. I knew Mike Graham pretty well off and on because I, I broke in doing championship wrestling from Florida like I would drive up there I can't remember for my memory so bad I don't know if it was a Tuesday night or a Wednesday morning I think it might have been a Tuesday morning I, I don't know I would go or Tuesday I'd go to Tuesday night or Wednesday night I would go up and get beat up for 50 bucks and love it and come all the way back home get back to work you know my regular job uh now always nice my grandma's always nice and encouraging to me um always gave me opportunities it was that's where I met Kevin Sullivan. That's where I met Luna for the first time. That's where um, I would go up with Dan Ackerman, one of the owners of CCW. All, all the local Florida kids that would first get trained, that's where we'd go to try to get our experience and cut our teeth doing TVs was there. Because Global Global was around, and then Global went defunct. Global Wrestling Alliance it was out of Pompano. But once that folded, the only other place at TV in Florida right then was uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida. So. And we grew up all grew up watching that, so it's always great storylines, tremendous angles, always personal. Um, you know, it was, he, was, he was a brilliant, brilliant man, and uh, you know, sad. I mean, to touch base, you know, about the Grams as the generational the, the suicides and stuff like that. You know, that's it's a very serious thing. You know, apparently, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think. Other men besides Eddie Graham and the family it, it committed suicide, like his brothers. or so. I'm not sure, but then Mike Graham, his son did, and then Mike Graham did. You know, there's three generations right there, but I believe there was other generations in the past. And, um, you know, suicide's a, it's a very serious uh, thing. And if you have uh, any feelings of, of depressions, not being overwhelmed, not understanding things, or wanting to hurt yourself, there are so many places to reach out to. Please. Reach out to someone, or and and you know, I know sometimes you just don't want to. You, you think, why does it matter? Who cares? Uh, you just want stuff. You just want, just want the noise and the craziness and the feelings to stop. But um, 
there's people that love you. It, it, it may end for you, technically, but it affects a lot, a lot of other people in life, and uh, it changes their lives dramatically, too. So, um, you know, so fight a little harder. Uh, believe in yourself, and then just reach out and get some help. Just ask somebody for some help. It's out there. So just, just, just uh, try to hold it just to get to a phone or a computer or whatever you got to do and um, uh, reach out to somebody. I get it, though. Uh, I've been there. I've been in a state where I, none of that mattered, and I just wanted to end it. And um, uh, I'm blessed that it, it, it went wrong. It, it, it didn't work. It didn't happen. I'm still here, and I'm very happy about that. But um, I couldn't imagine uh, if it did, how, the effect that it had on everybody around me and everything. For a little while, I mean, some people personally, lifetime change, um, you know, but you just, just hang in there and... Uh, just keep keep pushing and reach out to someone, please. I mean, words are important, kind of like what you touched on earlier with the junkyard dog and what you say. To I know simple little words. You don't know what's going on in somebody's life. A smile, just one smile. I, I try to smile and say hello to everybody, even if they mean mug me back and cry. I'll be like, oh well, I'm, I tried. <laughs> I'm sorry, that dude's having a bad day. Then what I do for him then is I go pray for him. I say, hey man, whatever's going on in that person's life. I said, try to help them through that, give them strength and uh, courage to change some of the stuff they can, the wisdom, the no difference, you know. Uh, you know, just because obviously there's something going on, you know. So, uh, But a smile can change people. People come on and they can see me, right? People come on, they'll see tattoos all over my here. Sometimes looking crazy coming from the gym or something like that. And, uh, you know, they might, you know, having a bad day and they think, oh, great, I got in here with this guy. And then, but then you're like, hey, sir or ma'am, how are you doing? I hope you're having a great day. And then, you know, you see a sigh of relief and then, you know, and then they move on. And hopefully it, it helped guide your day in the right way. If I just stayed on there growling or something and they were having a bad day on top of that, I'll think, where am I living, man? What's going on? There's crazy people around me, you know? <laughs> so just smile and say hello. The whole world needs a little bit more of that, a little bit of kindness in it. Right, well, oh, do you hear that? that jaw popping. Oh. That's your jaw? Yeah, you can thank Bart Vale for that all the way back in the 87 or something like that. 1987 when he first broke my jaw. First time I got it broken. Oh. It's never heals? No. See, the smile's crooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never fixed it. It's been broke twice since then, too. But no, Yeah, so like three times total, I think my jaw's been broken, yeah. I just keep working. I didn't get it wired shut or anything. I just kept motoring on. So what is it, just hanging there or something? Well, no, it just stays hinged. You just get a lot of calcium, and then it pops, like, build up in there, and it locks and pops. Like, because Bart Vale was one, Savio Vega was another, and then and, and, um, trying to think of a third one. There was a third time, though. Might have been Savio twice that did it. That's <laughs> Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, it's Puerto Rico. Seen some rumors about Carlito being re-signed by the WWE. Did he? I, I don't know. I saw rumors. Did he re-sign? I think it was confirmed, no? Uh, I, don't, I don't think WWE confirmed it. Oh, okay. Just I, be, I hope so, man. I like Carlito. I like Carlito. He's a good dude. He's chilled in his older age. He wasn't even that crazy in his younger age, but he's like super chilled. I've been around him on CCW stuff and some other shows. And he's cool, calm. Gets up in the morning, goes to the gym. He ain't out wilding out at night anymore. He still looks good. Still loves wrestling, man. And his head's on straight. And he's super chill. So I hope I hope they did sign Carlito. I think he's ready ready for for another chance there, man, and do great things. So, generic wrestling question. He returns heel or babyface? Because he was always a heel, like when I grew up watching him. Uh, I'd say baby, and I'd feud him with Damian Priest for a while. At the Battle of Puerto Rico, Puerto, yeah, Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> this might what they, they they might actually do that. I think some seen some rumors he's debuting on SmackDown though. Mm. I don't think Damian's on SmackDown, but they probably make it work. Well, 
I hope so. Carlito's a good dude. All right. Now, going back to someone who's not too happy. You were just talking about how. Who? Oh, Sergeant Slaughter. He did oh, interview. Sergeant Slaughter's not happy. Yeah, he did an interview. With is he Trump. not happy or is he just upset? He's upset about a certain thing. Well, explain it to me because I don't know all the details. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know all the details. So give me some details. And so basically he said he doesn't watch SmackDown much because Lacey Evans is on it. And, you know, he says he's upset with her because she uses his Cobra Clutch move. And she didn't do the courtesy of reaching out to him to ask him to use it. So is that like a common thing in wrestling, like to reach out to a wrestler who's going to use their move? In his defense, he also said they're, they're keeping the same name. So that's why he's even more upset with it. Oh, they're calling it a Cobra Clutch? Yeah. Well, maybe if they're calling it a Cobra Clutch. I mean, in a way, it's a tribute unless she's not looked on in, in with good favor and eyes. Like, if uh, if it's done in poor taste or something like that. I mean, if she was like, is she a baby face or a heel now? I've I, uh, I, I been caught up with her. What do, I don't even know what show she's, she's on. a heel. She's a heel, so you know that might be bothering me outside of heels using his move to Cobra Clutch. And but I mean, what the mass superstar used at one time? Didn't he have the uh, or was it Ted DiBiase? Which one the million dollar tree? He mentioned in the interview that he asked Ted DiBiase to use it, and he let him use it. So oh, Ted DiBiase asked him. He's saying no. He asked Ted DiBiase. He Ted he took it from Ted DiBiase, yeah. right? Okay, all right, yeah. Because I know one, somebody else used it too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, for for a finish, and um, yeah. Well, I mean, old school dudes. Yes, they, um, I do have people reach out to me really? all the time, and indie wrestlers coming up saying, "Hey, I started wrestling because of you. Uh, is it okay? I don't know what what the rules are on this. Can can I can I use your impaler as a tribute and blah blah blah?" And I, I'm like, "Sure, like whatever. Anytime somebody does it, hopefully they get reminded um, of me. You know, maybe that she's a heel doing it in a heel way, and she's not." Maybe maybe he doesn't think she's the greatest of wrestlers. I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he just doesn't want to see uh, all the all his baby face work or all that on a heel or something or a girl. Maybe I I don't know. You know maybe she should have asked him. Do you think yeah, he would have said yes if she asked him? Yeah, he said he just. He, just you, he said he would have said yes. He didn't say he would have said yes, but he said he's <laughs> upset that he wasn't asked. Uh, yeah, he's yeah he's saying he's upset he wasn't asked. But do you think he would have said yes if she asked him? Sure. Like, all right. So, what did she do? She asked him. He goes no, and she just doesn't do it anyways. Yeah. At least. All right. Well, then she went the right route. Then she said, "At least I asked you. You said no, but that's what I'm doing." Like, because she was uh, like, maybe it's because she's biting this whole scene. Like the she is in the military, or was in the military, or is in the or or did some military. Definitely is legit with that. Uh So you know, maybe it just feels like she's biting on it, biting every. You know, trying to ride off of his. Stuff you know, well, I mean, I don't know that he would have said yes though. Is he well? You know more about him than me. Is, is oh, he's he nice to me. He's always super nice to me. <laughs> See, you're saying he's nice to you. It lets me know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know how he looks at like. For one, very old school. Two, you know, who knows what he even thinks about women's wrestling? <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't know. Like, it, it could be a lot of opinions running through his mind. Plus, he's a heel. You know, I, it's, maybe he just wants to. You know. The Cobra Cut should be remembered in the Sergeant Slaughter way and all the G.I. Joe, you know, all that stuff, you know. All in that positive light. Maybe he thinks that takes away from and tarnishes. I don't know. Was I mad that Edge used my impaler? He did ask. The, well, he didn't ask me. He told me the office said somebody else was going to do it if he didn't do it, that they gave him no choice, and he thought that I'd rather do it. But he did try to call me like 15 times that night he, or, or oh, a lot. Good. He did a lot when he did it the first time. Because I was at a, at a TV, they told me they weren't using me, and I, I don't think they realized I was still under contract, and they sent me home. <laughs> and I went home, but before the time I got home, I had all these messages on my phone. I didn't hear that 
got the music blasting. And then when I got home, it was, uh, it turns out he did, he did the uh, DDT, you know, in a match right then. So it was like WWE's way of going, F you, buddy, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but it was cool. I didn't mind that he used it. And uh, Bobby Roode used it. Uh, I see other people use it. There's guys, in, other guys that were like in TNA or, or something, Reno Scum. They always holler out Gangrel right when they hit the Impaler, you know. Um, it's flattering. And you know what? And if people recognize it as the Impaler, you know what that means? Thinking about you. They're thinking about me or they'll remember me in that brief minute, you know. So it's it's just good press for me. Has um someone ever used something of yours without asking you? I mean, someone on a, on a, on a major scale. Oh, I'm sure. I, I've been on shows where guys have done it and I, they don't even know who I am they, they think it's Edge's move <laughs> you know, I'm doing shows but that's what happens when you stay around wrestling too long on indies you know mm-hmm. you're that dinosaur they don't know nothing about you some of these young kids man they don't know anything past the, the Hardys and, and, and when um, with, with the Hardys and Edge and Christian they, they probably don't know anything prior like of mm-hmm. 90 or 2000 or 2003 or anything like that you know can't blame them but uh but I do, in a sense, they, they should be watching all wrestling and understand everything, you know. But, 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 uh, but I mean, it is, it is what it is in this world. Everything moves fast. People are fast. Matches are fast. Moves are fast. Whatever. I'm a firm believer in slow is smooth and smooth is fast. You know, when I'm teaching about footwork and foundations and, and, and the foundation stuff, and, but mostly footwork and all that being in the right place at the right time, I'm, I'm like slow is smooth, smooth is fast, like on the execution and stuff. It's the, the, there's three parts to everything. The before, the actual thing that needs to be safe, and, and the after. And then the before and the after are going to cover up that actual safety thing. While out, one, A, while out, A, while out, and C, and keep B safe. So A, B, C. There's always three parts to a, a, a move. And I remember slow you, is smooth and smooth is fast. Remember you used to always tell us, if you think you're moving on too slow, go slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow <laughs> it down, man. Slow it down. <laughs> um, have um, what was the question? Have you ever got heat for using someone else's move, like coming up? Uh, no. Well, no, <laughs> no. I've never gotten heat, but Jake has busted my crotch a few times. Uh, so Jake's on a show. You know, Jake and Lynn Denton claim they invented the DDT. It was uh, the grappler and Jake, and they said he had a front face lock on and he fell. It was the DDT. Who knows what the real story is? Both great guys. I learned tremendously so much from both Eddie, uh, Lenny and uh, the grappler and uh, uh, Jake. Uh, lived with Jake a little bit in Puerto Rico. Grappler was booking uh, Portland when I was up there at the end, uh, some indie stuff, and just learned a lot from them. Very, both both so knowledgeable and, and stuff like that. So uh, I was on a show somewhere, and, uh, and I do the regular Impaler, which is a lot like the, the, a, a DDT. And Jake was there doing an appearance, so I said, uh, I'm sorry, sir, uh, I want to know if it's okay if I if I, uh, I do this version of a DDT, you know, I don't know if you're wrestling on the show or not, or what you're doing, but out of respect, I wanted to make sure I talked to you. He goes, and he just looked at me, like, it felt like forever. Crossed his arms, looked at me sideways, and goes, yeah, sure, yours is the shits anyways. <laughs> he just walks off. So I actually do that to people sometimes now, I say the same thing. He just walks off, and I think... Okay, I said, well, you know what I'll do to myself? I said, I do it. I used to do it two different ways when I had my shoulders are really good. And I still do it every once in a while in a bigger feud if it's a blow off and the guy ends up kicking out, which you never really want anybody to kick out of your finish. But if you had this giant feud and you're all built to a certain level, it, then, then it makes it okay too. But if that happens, I do a thing where I'll pick them up in a waist lock and I bring them up over my shoulder so their face is up in the air, you know, their 10 toes up. 
their lower backs on my shoulder, and then I push him up, I come around, and I go into the DDT. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'll do that. That is like way different than his. Maybe, maybe, maybe it won't uh, offend him and all. And, I, and then I thought to myself, he, he wouldn't be watching. He's not going to watch it anyways. But I still did it anyways because I, I still planned it that way, not just in case he did watch it. Little did I know, halfway through my match, he walks halfway out to the ring down the aisle and just stands there with his arms crossed waiting for me to do the DDT. I almost didn't do it, but I did the other one where I put him up on my shoulder, I spin him around, and I hit it right there. He looks, he, I, think he, I think he just walked off after that. I get to the back, and I said, I'm sorry, I thought you said it was okay. But he goes, it was still the shits. I just wanted to make sure. And he just walked off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm a... But uh, I have a good relationship with him, and uh, he's a great. He's a. He, I learned so much from him and and uh, Lynn Ditton, the, the grappler. So yeah, so that's the only time though. You think that's a sign of him? Um... I didn't steal people. I mean, Brad Armstrong's Russian leg sweep I use, but Brad's no longer with us, so I can't ask him. Uh, but uh, anything I do, like something like that, is like uh, the Buddy Lindell Corsky elbow. Uh, I jump with it and spin. It, it's all a tribute uh, to them being like just. To them, like the young kids say to me, hey, I, I just admire just the, that. Uh, they, you know, I, I love Buddy Landell. I love Brad Armstrong. Two, two, two great, amazing talents, you know. So, I mean, I guess I've done them, but none of them give me crap, but neither one of them are, are, are on this earth anymore. If they're giving me crap, it's from heaven, you know. But it's done truly out of the tribute because I, I admired their work, you know. Yeah, I seen something recently also about Jake the Snake. If I was offended, be offended by all my students because they do everything. I'll be, I, the reason I don't want to work shows in Florida for CCW a lot of times is everybody I trained is on the shows. So I go on there and they'll put me on last. So if I go out there and I watch the matches from like one to four or five to seven or whatever it is, I'll see every move I've ever done on all those matches because <laughs> I trained them all. <laughs> and, you know, the, the footwork's great. Their foundation is great. But then they start doing the higher impact stuff, and it's all, all moves. And I'll come back. I go, you know I'm on the show. They go, oh, I just, I, I just love it so much you trained me. It's a tribute. And I, I, I go, well, you can't do that. on. You, it can't be on a show with, like, for example, Jake the Snake and do a DDT. I, I just want to let you know that. Yeah, I, mean, I get it here. I flattered, whatever. You guys are killing me, though. But <laughs> like, is, it, is, is that a type of uh, etiquette that has to be, like, taught in training? Mm-hmm. When you think about WWE. Well, some people are born and raised and brought up in a household with proper manners and etiquette. Would that would seem like something you would naturally ask? But yes, it needs to be instilled in training. Is it instilled in training now? No. Is it instilled in my training? Yes. Uh, uh, it, but uh, training is a bit different than a lot of other trainings. But there's people like um, Lodi running schools. There's different guys running schools out there that do teach proper stuff like you know etiquette and stuff like that. Is that like kind of why like producers are important in wrestling? Because I'm pretty sure something like that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure they listen to the producers unless it's WWE, and then they all run the same match. But, mm. <laughs> and then, but I don't know. Yes, that's why producers are there. Or agents, I call them agents, though, or whatever you want to call them, producers, agents. That's why they should be there, filtering out stuff and yeah. and, and letting them know that what 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 is passable, what should be done with this or why not or why they can't do this or why they should go ask somebody this you know yes all, all the above plus get them to whatever part in the uh, storyline they need to be in that finish you know uh, where there's nothing's bigger than the finish and everything builds up it's a very important uh, producers and stuff I don't think they use them a lot in AEW they have them but the producers I know I'm not watching that style of, uh, the matches I watch isn't the style that they would be doing but 
uh, again, things change, different styles, uh, time and place for everything. So I don't know. But yeah, that's what they're there for. Speaking of building up, building up, I feel like we're at the climax of the bloodline. Uh, well, see, I have I've been so busy. I have not watched the last. Why well, always? It seems like I say that every time I'm on here, but I haven't. I usually watch Raw. Uh-huh. I usually get home from wrestling training, and um, I'm able to watch the last two hours of Raw or last hour because I rewind it back, why unwind? But I haven't even. And I used to watch NXT. I, I and I just, I just haven't. I've been like just grinding and been. I've been so tired and I've been grinding. So uh, I have them all on DVR, but but I I don't know where the it's bloodline pretty, is now. It's uh, pretty easy to follow. I mean, last thing I seen with the bloodline is they all they super kicked out Roman. You know how many Samoans in the world and how many of them are starting to wrestle? Kishi's got a new son debuting every month. <laughs> so like, no, he probably can retire. I right? promise that. I just saw a post where they're going over to the Philippines and running a wrestling school. So. He might have a son over in the Philippines coming. <laughs> like, oh, he's sick. He got a lot of sons, Kishi, man. More than like 10, 9. I don't know. He's got a lot. And they all can wrestle. <laughs> yeah, so right now, we fast forward. Right now, the bloodline is at, is at a split. So you have the Usos mm-hmm. versus Roman Reigns and um, Sequoia. Okay. That's the, the, the more recent. Um, that's kind of what I saw it build up to. But, yeah. So that's probably what's building up to this pay-per-view. SummerSlam, what's the next pay-per-view? Uh, Money in the Bank. Money in the bank. When's that? That's this weekend? Or cause it's yeah, it's coming up. Well, yeah, so, I mean. But where's it going to go? I don't know, man. They're probably going to have two more Samoans running from somewhere. Think so? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think. Bro, you think Roman's ready to go home for a while? No, I just think um he, he ends up on an island by himself. I just feel that way. I, I don't know. I feel like he, you know, when that, uh, Denzel Washington, you know, when he got betrayed at the end of, that movie. Which uh, movie? You get betrayed at the end of all these movies. Yeah, well, it's a, Denzel always dies. He the training day. The training day. He didn't get betrayed. Denzel was That's a straight up heel gangster in that. He was ripping everybody off and bro, hustling everybody. Exactly. The Russians came <laughs> and shot his ass because he didn't pay back the money for beating up and killing somebody in Vegas. Like He killed a, a guy that was a made Russian guy in Vegas with a, a temper, beat him down and killed him. And then they said, well, you got to pay. If you don't pay by this certain time, we're going to smoke your ass. Well, that little white boy, Ethan, went over there and took that money back so he couldn't pay them Russians from all that shit. That Denzel was hustling the whole movie, that whole training day, hustled that young kid that whole movie. And then, like, nah, Denzel was corrupt. I mean, I he was like, crooked as hell in that, but I loved him in that, though. I That's one like of my favorite movies, Training Day. Ask me. You know I know the plot. Yeah, you <laughs> talk about it in, in training. You use it as like a... Wow, yeah, the best way to sell everything is when Denzel gets shot in the ass by Ethan Hawke and goes, oh, no, you didn't just shoot me in the ass. That's that natural sell for everything. Whether you're getting hurt, mad, or whatever, that cell works for it all. I feel like that's that's where Roman's headed, where everyone just betrays him, and he's just standing in the middle, like on his own. Betrays him, but in the I way, get what you're saying. They, they yeah. betrayed him. All the all the, the whole neighborhood kind of turned their back on Denzel yeah. because he was thugging and bugging on him, and he was bullying him, and this and that. He was tired of the police rolling up there and telling him <laughs> what to do, and then sleeping with a girl up in the hood and all that stuff, and they, you know. Oh, that wasn't his girl. In the hood? Oh, it was his girl, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought oh, it was somebody else. It was their hood. Oh, it Denzel's hood. Yeah. Denzel sure. lived across town. They never actually showed you where Denzel lived, did they? Nope. No. Oh. Did we even see his wife or family? No. Oh, they had a wife or it was just her. I don't know. Man of mystery Denzel was in that. Yep. Man up. I, I, feel, I feel like that's where it's going to be. Yeah, where everybody kind of turns their back and pulls away because he's just all that. But, hey. Denzel got shot by all them Russians up at the thing. It was a couple alternate endings. Hopefully, uh, Roman don't get shot by the Russians. Huh? Is, 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 is The Rock going to be the Russian that comes and chops off Roman's head? Or is it going to be Cody? Uh, I don't know. 
Maybe they still try to build to that. Who knows? Yeah, he I, has I don't, to follow. I don't right? really know. He has to. Hey, this is life. I don't know. You're watching it, not me. You tell me when it happens. Yep. I'm so damn busy still trying to wrestle and grind out there on the weekends. Hobbling and wobbling and fanging and banging and grilling and chilling. All right. So, I mean, obviously, we're not the only wrestling podcast out there. All right. So, I was listening to Cornette last week, and mm-hmm. I seen you on the thumbnail. I was like, what, gang girl? Was- well, a few people sent it to me, but I didn't listen to it. But you you, uh, but, but you told me what it was about before we started. So. Yeah. But go ahead. Explain it. Explain All right. It. So there was a – because there was a lot of confusion. There was a question asked or sent in about um, an incident. They said that you you quoted and said that yeah. uh, your career was cut short and your opportunity – My career was not, not cut short because yeah. – but go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then that you, you missed an opportunity with winning the European title um, because you were caught up in some – Sort of backstage incident. All right. Yeah. So I was doing a a podcast with somebody that CCW asked me to do it for. uh, I forget the name of the guy, but I was I was super late to it. Like I wasn't late. I was there on time to do it. But I mean, I rolled in. Usually, I I sit down a half hour. I'm chilled. I have coffee and prepared. I ran into the wrestling school and and they were just talking about some stuff. So I said something, but it was like half. Like I I don't think it was explained all the way because I kind of cut myself off of it and go, "What? Why am I even putting that shit out there? Why am I even gonna?" say that kind of stuff because it'll just get like uh, with those whenever I do uh, a podcast which you know I don't like to do other people's stuff yeah. you know that like I don't like to do it because then stuff ends up out there and clickbaited and twisted and, and then you never hear the end of it and it just makes you nauseous to your stomach you know makes you just sick but uh, since being you're asking uh, I'll try to remember it to the best of my ability and it wasn't just a random guy it was a guy working in pyro or some type of thing like that backstage uh but he wasn't a regular guy, but, you know, I, I don't know why he did it or if he was put up by higher powers to do it or whatnot, but he had a tape recorder under a table, and he was offering to sell uh, people different types of steroids backstage. Now, I wasn't the only one, and, um, and I can tell you, I'm not going to bust out other people's names, but if you look at the attitude there, ain't nobody wasn't in shape. <laughs> everybody was, like, beefed up and lifted, you know. Everybody, everybody was looking good, but... Um, so when this guy came to me, I was with Luna, and uh, I just played it off. He was, I was like, um, well, I just came back from a shoulder and dressed it. Oh, well, Deco helped my shoulder heal or whatever. But I, I absolutely did not uh, pick anything up from him. I just, I just didn't. I didn't trust him, and I didn't know what was up with it. But I don't know how, if it was uh, whatever, whatever later, but it was the, uh, before the pay-per-view for, uh, where I did the Royal Rumble and I wrestled X-Pac for the European Championship. That mm-hmm. paper, that. So before that, I had to go to a meeting, and then there was there was some higher 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 uppers coming out pissed off, like so, uh, like wrestlers, like you know, mm-hmm. and shaking their head and and stuff. So I had a pretty good idea that they were in there, but but I was in a room with like one. I was in a room with like six or seven other peers, like uh, other other wrestlers in a room. And it's a true story where at Vince McMahon was in there going, "I'm not throwing stones in glass houses." Apparently somebody has taped you all, and they said you bought steroids and blah 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 blah. Now you can take a, a test and uh, say prove that it's bullshit or whatever, you know. And we can put it all to an end, or you could take the alternative. Now I'm sitting there thinking like, why the hell am I in here? I didn't buy anything. I didn't offer to buy it. I certainly didn't buy it. I didn't trust the whole situation. But what I was thinking on top of that, when it came to the testing, I was like. 
oh shit, man, I was just doing cocaine and ecstasy the night before. And I was like going, I don't want to, if I give them my blood or whatever, or my pee, how's that work? I, I don't even know. I was thinking, they're gonna, is that, am I going to open a can of worms? Am I going to get in trouble for all this other stuff? Because I used to run wild. I was a bit of a wild child. and uh, But I was innocent of that other shit. And I was like, uh, man, this is a bitch, man. <laughs> like, this is a motherfucker, man. I was like, what do I do? Luna was in the room, too. Luna was in the room, and uh, I'm not going to say, the dude next to me, I, I want to say who it was, but I'm not going to say, but he was pissed. Because this, this dude was going, you trying to tell me to rock Stone Cold and on steroids and blah, 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 and, like, and all this shit. Like, they were going off, man. They were going off. And I'm like, just sitting there like, I'm listening to him get mad. And, and I was with this guy the night before. <laughs> I was with him the night before, and I'm thinking like, Shit, I don't know if he's thinking what I'm thinking, cause I, I don't think he, I don't know if he had got any either. I don't know. I, I wasn't when the guy talked to me with the videotape or, or uh, the tape recorder thing. Apparently, I think it was taped under a table or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then I can't remember who it was. It was like some dude working backstage, like a crew. He's part of a crew, but like he wasn't like for whatever reason. I just don't even remember who it was. Probably because of what I was doing the night before. <laughs> like, you know, like, I did a lot of that stuff, you know, and a lot of chair shots. But, um, where was I? So they're getting really mad. The person next to me is getting really mad, calling out some shit. And then I just thought, like, I don't know, man. I'm going to take a chance. Like, I know I'm innocent, but I'm going to say, I'll take the alternative. I raised my hand. He looked at me and he said, really? And I go, yeah, yeah. I was with you last night. I ain't trying to get my shit up. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, and then, then Vince just said, all right, uh, I think he said five grand. You're fine, five grand. That was it. And it, to be honest, they never took it from me because, like, I, they, if they listened to the tape and everything, they knew that I didn't buy anything from this guy. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to give up my blood or urine or whatever for fear they'll find out the stuff I did do the night before. So, and then all of a sudden, when they heard it was five grand, I, the hands started going up like, I'll take that alternative. I'll take that alternative because, you know, you're going to make more. Wrestling, you'll lose more if you get suspended and you fail that test. And then you open the can of worms, like whether it was for steroids or whatever it was. So, uh, true story. More fucking true story. 100% true story. Uh, and I would name the guys in that room. I, and if you think really hard, probably, probably half the attitude there was kind of like in and out of that room that, that day. Uh, but definitely 100%, 100% true. I raised my hand. And I was, I was innocent on that one. And I told you why I didn't take the test because, because of what I did do the night before. I'll own up to that now. Uh, I probably would have denied it back then. But uh, when I came out of there, apparently, now this was told to us, but it could have been a rib. Could have been a rib. It could, uh, could have been somebody just effing with us. But it was told to Luna. She was supposed to get the belt. I think it was Sable might have had it that day. Or I don't know who was the women's champion. And I was supposed to win the European uh, title. And it was all switched because, you know, disciplinary things from that, you know, being there. So whether that was just bullshit, the fuck with your heads, WWE fashion, you know, I don't know. But that's what I was told, and that's 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 the damn truth to it. And I won't probably do another podcast or people after stuff like that because it just gets twisted and mangled and watered down to whatever way. And people click, they'll probably clickbait the shit out of this, like like can grow that's cocaine and ecstasy. <laughs> like, oh, who oh, knows, you know? No, you don't have to. Cause I always it, do. I never, I never, I never leave it in. Yeah, but because the world we live, I always do that. Yeah, but but you got you almost have to say it to explain it, you know. Like you might have to leave it in. I don't care. I, I mean, that's my past, man. That's who I. That's where I am today. Uh, so I'm a better person today for it. Leave that shit in there. Don't take it out. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, fuck this world today. It is what it is. I I am who I am, and and I did what I did, and I own up to it, and and I'm gonna own up to everything I do right from here on on to the day I die. 
and I'm a better person. Uh, I had my demons, and that's it. You know, I, I ran hard, and uh, but I was innocent of that. That's how that shit went down, and that's 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 my story, and I'm sticking to it because it's the damn truth. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, so I'm so tired. I knew when I said that I did that interview. I went because I just rambled it kind of half-assed, and and I go, I, I cut myself off, going, why am I trying to even explain this to some thing? I, and then I go, they're gonna butcher this off, but I'm gonna. Now, now I gotta sit right here and explain it because now you brung it up to me out of all people, right? and I forgot about it too. Too, you said something just now about it. Like I forgot all about it because I like go go figure. I figured that much. I go, I was <laughs> Jim Cornette wasn't burying me because he he's probably as confused as it sounded. That sounded confusing in that question. Like, what the leave, fuck is that talking about? Leave, the last thing you leave out there, people are just gonna run with the, the last thing they heard. So it sucks that you yeah. sometimes have to. Yeah, but there was a lot of wrestlers, man. And I'm pretty sure, I can't say that the guys coming out of that office ahead of us, they were really upset and pissed and fired up. Words like, this is bullshit, some bitch. And, you you know, I don't know. People coming out of there, and then we all went in in a group. They were, like, a little bit higher level than us. And then our group went in as a group. And uh, I don't know who in our group bought or did what, but they obviously were all on tape or something. For some reason, they were in that room. Um, I didn't. But yet I was still in that room, so I so I know that I didn't. Makes me think maybe some of them didn't. I don't know, but I chose to take the test because of the party and I was doing the night before we were called in that room, <laughs> like you know the lifestyle, rock and roll, everything all the time, life in the fast lane, baby. You know what I mean? Want <laughs> some? Get some? Bad enough? Take some? I was taking it all. I was getting it all, man. I was rocking and rolling, fanging and banging. I was like clanging and hanging. I was doing everything, but. Uh, and I don't regret it. It's just who I was. It's who maybe took me on my journey where I am, and I'm still on a journey. And I'm, uh, and you know, I'm looking to do a, a lot better things with my life. You know, have a better life. So that's it, man. All right. Well, that's that's a perfect way to end the end the show. Yeah, you some bitches like. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. When something's on me, it's on me. Like I ain't gonna make shit up either. Like, and I think Jim Cornette should know that or anybody else, because he probably seemed confused. He didn't think so. He just didn't even know what to say. <laughs> like what? Because <laughs> like, who would be back there doing that? But truly was a dude brought us in another another room. They said, hey, we talk. It was trying to move like things. He was recording people and sending people up. True story. And um, that was it was. Just prior to that pay-per-view, where uh, it was a Royal Rumble, and it's the one I wrestled X-Pac at for the European title. But that's it. That was episode 73 of Bang in the Bang with Gangrel and Raymond over there in the corner. And uh, want some? Get some. Bad enough? Take some.